Have you ever seen another car driving near you start to drift off into another lane or even into your lane? What was the first thing you thought, or maybe said out loud, about them? Stop being distracted and drive. Pay attention to what you're doing. Something along those lines, right? Also, I'm talking to mostly moms here, right? So have you ever been talking to your kids about something very important, and then you start to see their gaze shift to something else, or their hands begin to fidget with something? What do you say to them next? Can you please focus on what I'm saying to you right now? Probably something like that, right? Well, I feel like this has happened to me a lot in my life, especially about living healthy or trying to change lifestyle habits or practicing, listening to what God is saying. I just feel distracted. I feel like I can't focus for long enough. I feel like there are too many other things happening around me or going on inside my brain to give something, even God at times, my full attention. Can you relate? I want to speak truth today about some roots of distraction in our lives and how we can begin to change the way we think about living healthy and empowered. So grab your Bible and a notebook because we'll be diving into some scripture today and you don't want to miss anything that the Lord has to share with you in the next 20 or so minutes. Hey, sweet friend, welcome to Healthy and Empowered Living. Do you want to consistently make your best choices so you can finally get healthy for good? Do you find yourself up late at night searching recipes for healthier family meals, motivation to work out, or does God really care about my health? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to feel frustrated that you can't follow through or guilty that it's taking away precious time from your kids again? Hey, I'm Lauren. I too was a mom who wanted to get healthy. I too worried that I wasn't prioritizing my time well and wished that I could finally let go and let God. I wanted confidence and freedom to love my body and food and have more energy for the things that really mattered to me. But I kept telling myself that I'd never have the discipline to consistently make healthy choices or do the things that God was asking me to do until I found a little secret that helped me redefine health God's way. In this podcast, you will find all the motivation and encouragement you need to live healthy consistently through simple lifestyle habits and a biblical mindset so that you will live in true confidence, joy, and freedom as the mom God created you to be. So pop in those earbuds, reheat your coffee again, and let's do this. Distraction. Let's talk about it. I think we all know what it means to be distracted, and I think we all probably are experiencing some consequences of living a distracted life. For example, you want to be focusing on the conversation you're a part of, but your eyes drift to the people around you, your ears listening to what others are saying, and worst of all, your mind is on the million other things that are going on in your life. You're distracted. Or you want to have time to meal plan, cook, exercise, or read your Bible, but leading up to the time you set aside to do one of those things, you find yourself trying to tidy up the toys all over the house, do the dishes really quick, scroll on social media, check your email, or any number of other things that might suck your time away from what you actually want to be doing. Again, you're distracted. Now, I think there's two kinds of distractions, maybe more, but two that I wanna talk about today. There's distraction that you've inflicted on yourself, the busyness that you've filled your life with, the constant need for entertainment through having something to fill the silence during your day, whether music, TV, whatever. It's all the yeses you've given to seemingly good things like all the kids activities or church groups or social gatherings. And I think there's distraction from an outside source. In this case, the devil, Satan, the enemy, whatever you want to call him. All I know is that the Bible, in the Bible, he is described as a liar and the father of all lies, the accuser, the deceiver, the one who only seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. Whatever you want to call him, the truth is that he can bring about distraction in your life through unrenewed mind, faulty thinking patterns, and so much more. Honestly, now that I say this, <laughs> the first type of distraction is really probably caused by the second, but anyways, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> My point is that in this life, in this world, it's super easy to get distracted from the things, really the thing that is most important, and that is Jesus and his kingdom. 
Matthew 6, 33 says that seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And Jesus had just finished speaking about provision through food, drink, clothing, homes. Like those are the things we worry about. We focus on making sure that we have enough of or that we make sure we have the right kind that fit us or our needs or whatever, right? But Jesus goes on to say that if we would just seek him and his kingdom first, that everything else will get worked out and you don't have to worry or strive for those other things. In other words, don't get distracted by or keep your eyes fixed on the less important things when the most important thing is right here for you to trust and rely on and enjoy. Also, I shared this in last week's episode that when Jesus sums up the greatest commandment, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So again, if your main focus is on loving God, honoring him, worshiping him, devoting your life to him, everything else will fall into place. You'll know how to love your neighbor as yourself. You'll know how he's taking care of all of your needs. Now, you may be wondering what this has to do with living healthy, or hopefully at this point you've figured out that it's all connected, but I want to share a bit more specifically now about how I've been processing through this with God lately and learning how to live it out. Now, I want you to know that this is real time, like many years in the making, but still things that I'm currently wrestling with and learning about from the Lord. That's part of the new direction of this podcast is that I feel him leading me to share more about what he's doing in me right now through the lens of all that I've learned over the past, however many years of walking this health journey. So you know that taking care of your physical body is important and that taking care of your mental and emotional health is necessary, but it can be so hard, right? It can be hard to know what to eat, when to eat. It can be hard to know how much or little to exercise. It can be hard to make doing those things a priority. And that's not even touching on the hardness of overcoming the emotional eating struggles or the super ingrained habits from generations before you that you're trying to break, right? Living healthy can be hard. My biggest struggle is that I always want to do things quote unquote right. Like I want to know and understand why I'm doing what I'm doing and how it will help me and make sure that it's really the right thing for me to do. And even when I do understand that, it can still be challenging to actually do those right things. Maybe you relate to that. I feel like I may never have all of the answers I want, but as I've continued on with the Lord in this journey, he constantly reminds me that he'll tell me what I need to know when I need to know it, and I can trust him. Another thing I do know is that going on this journey, not giving up on this journey, and beginning to see freedom and lasting habit changes takes time and intentionality. And do you know what frequently holds your time and intentionality hostage? Distraction. Other things in life seem more important right now. Oh, that's too hard to deal with, so I'm going to focus on something easier right now. I'll have time when the kids are grown up. I don't need to make changes now because my circumstances or my health isn't that bad, so I can keep doing these other things for now and focus on my health later. Ever made any of those excuses? (laughs) I have. Probably all of them at some point or another, and I'm sure I'm telling myself some of those things right now, even today. So what am I trying to say? I'm not saying you can't focus on other things right now. I'm not saying that you have to overhaul your life so your health is a priority. I am saying that when you're seeking the Lord first and he's nudging you to begin making changes to how you're living healthy or not living healthy, you best pay attention to those and follow his directions. Don't let yourself get distracted and veer off the course he's trying to lead you down because you can trust that where he's leading you is so much better than where you can lead yourself. But the other key point here is that seeking the Lord takes intentionality and focus too. So if you're living so busy and distracted that your focus isn't even on him in all things first, start there. 
Now, don't get to feeling all condemned and guilty and ashamed or whatever. God's not about that. His love for you remains the same. It's not based on anything you do or don't do. Just know that when you seek him first, seek the things of his kingdom first, everything else will fall into place because he'll begin to reveal to you how to live differently. He'll begin to transform you from the inside out. And it's a joyous ride, let me tell you. Okay, so that's one side of the distraction coin that we're talking about today. The other side is the enemy bringing the distraction or keeping you in a cycle that you are trying to break free from or be healed from. Now, this one is close to home for me because it's a real struggle of mine, like full transparency here. And what I've learned is that it's a battle of the mind, not the flesh. It's about how I'm thinking about things. But more than that, it's about battling against the enemy in the spiritual realm. I think of Ephesians 6, where it tells us that our battle or our fight isn't against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil. Now, I'm not sure how that sits with you. You may hear that and think I'm crazy, but that's what I read in my Bible. And that's what I've experienced in my life. So here's how it played out for me and how it's played out for me a couple times before. I know what I should be doing to live healthy. I know what foods to eat and not eat so much of. I know how to exercise and that I should be doing it often. And then I find myself not doing the things that I want to be doing to live healthy. Suddenly, I can't get up early to exercise like I should. I can't stop eating the sugary sweets or drinking the coffee or whatever. I can't do the thing that I want to be doing. (laughs) Remind you of a particular passage of scripture? It did for me. Romans chapter 7. I'm actually going to read it to you because I believe Paul's words are super important and relevant here. For a little context, Paul is talking about how the law brings an awareness of sin, but through Jesus' sacrifice and God's free gift of grace, we're no longer bound by the law or needing to seek righteousness through the law, but rather that we get to live in the freedom of grace now. A few weeks ago on the podcast, I had a conversation with Mimi Kroger all about why diets don't work. And if you haven't listened to that one yet, please go and listen. It was super insightful. But anyways, she shared all about how dieting really is law-based because it's a bunch of shoulds and shouldn'ts. And so much of it actually is nearly impossible to follow with the world and the culture that we live in. But anyways, be thinking about that as I read this. So Romans chapter seven, starting in verse one. Now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living? For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the law of marriage no longer applies to her. So while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us, and the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. Well then, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would never have known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said you must not covet. But sin used this command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If there were no law, sin would not have that power. At one time, I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. 
So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me. But still, the law itself is holy, and its commands are holy and right and good. But how can that be? Did the law which is good cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It used God's good commands for its own evil purposes. So, the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. And that's the end of chapter 7, but I'm actually going to read a little bit into chapter 8 because I think it's still important here. He goes on to say, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save you because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his only son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And I'll go ahead and stop there. But, oh man, thank God for his grace and his love for us through Jesus Christ, right? Okay, so back to what was happening with me that the Lord revealed to me yet again in his graciousness. So I was living distracted by this cycle, this cycle of doing the things I didn't want to do and not doing the things I wanted to do. I was so focused on how I was failing. I was falling short, how I wasn't good enough to be encouraging you through this podcast or doing other ministry work that I was doing, all the things, right? I was so focused on that and how to fix myself before I could be used by God. And then it hit me. I was being distracted. Just like in Romans 8, where Paul talks about how those living according to the flesh have their minds fixed on the things of the flesh, but those living by the Spirit have their minds fixed on the Spirit, on God. That's what I was doing. I was living out of my flesh by the law, trying to earn something, trying to figure out something, trying to fix a problem, find the perfect solution. I was focused on my flesh. And in being focused on my flesh, I wasn't focused on God or the things that he had for me to do. I had my eyes focused inward and I couldn't see what God was doing around me. Gosh, I hated 
living that way. I hate living that way. And I hate that I, I let the enemy keep me distracted for so long. And it's, it's funny, through all of this, I felt like I was praying and asking God to take this struggle away and help me overcome it once and for all and help me to experience true freedom from it. But true freedom comes in living more surrendered and dependent on God, not getting to a place where you don't need him for things anymore. Once I had the realization that I was being distracted by all the do's and don'ts of diet culture again, I could refocus. I can tell the enemy to shut up and leave me alone in Jesus' name and step more fully into the arms of God on my journey again. I don't have to live perfectly. I don't have to live condemned or ashamed or in fear. God doesn't want that. He's about love and grace and peace. That's his unchanging character. And when I continually abide in that truth and source from that rather than my own understanding, transformation comes from the inside out, which is the lasting kind of transformation I seek after. And I know that you do too. I was reminded of another passage of scripture that Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 12 that I'll read starting in verse 7 through 10. It's a shorter passage, don't worry. But now Paul is talking about boasting in the great revelations that he's had about Jesus. And he says, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and the insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Have you ever felt like something in your health was a thorn in your side? Like it's just a bother. You don't want to deal with it. Maybe it's a bad habit, an addiction to a food or a drink or a lack of discipline, not sleeping well, whatever it might be. Maybe you've prayed for the Lord to take it away like I did with my struggles or like Paul did with his. Well, my hope is that this is encouraging to you, albeit a little challenging as well. God didn't take away the thorn from Paul's side. He gave him a word. He spoke to him. He redirected his focus away from the thing that was hard, that the thing that he wanted to go away, the thing that was distracting him and brought his focus back to God and God's grace. Because the truth is that God's grace is sufficient for you. His mercy is new every morning. He loves you more than you can probably imagine. And he is worthy of all of the honor and glory and praise. He has called you and chosen you and given you purpose and hope and life and peace. And it all starts with seeking him first, keeping your eyes fixed on him, your mind set on the things of the spirit. It starts with your surrender to his leading for your life. See, I think a big part of, of it that we see in this scripture with Paul too is that we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's in that discomfort that there's growth and strengthening that happens that will empower us to stay living healthy, to stay focused on God through the rest of life. So don't live distracted anymore, distracted by the illusion of comfort, by a standard of healthy living that this world sets or that you set for yourself distracted by busyness or keeping up with the Joneses or social media or fame or wealth or whatever it is. Don't live distracted. Following Jesus is worth it all. Do you believe that today? And if you do believe it, are you living it? See, I think there's more God wants me to unpack with all of this, but I'm going to leave it at this for now. So I encourage you to take some time and really dwell on these questions of what it looks like for you to seek first Jesus, to lay aside distractions, to live out your belief that following Jesus is worth it all, whatever the it is. 
And make sure to tune in next week to see what else the Lord wants to unpack for us here. I pray you are blessed and encouraged and maybe a bit challenged today as I was while the Lord was teaching me these things. And and may you continue strong by the Holy Spirit to live healthy and empowered for the glory of God. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Healthy and Empowered Living Podcast. Thanks for listening today. If you're loving what you hear, would you share this podcast with a friend? Also, it would make my day to hear from you. Will you be so kind as to head over to Apple Podcasts, rate the show, and write a short review? That helps me to know what you want to hear more of and helps more women find the show, learn, and be encouraged too. Lastly, if you're not already a part of the Joyful Health for Christian Moms Facebook community, we'd love to have you. We aren't meant to do this thing alone, so come find the support you need as you're living healthy and empowered.